the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 fans, welcome to 90210 No So, Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and joining me as always is my buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, JT. Uh, coming at you in the new year. Um, you may have already heard an episode in the new year uh, here on 9021 No So, but it's the first episode where we are recording here in 2023. But um, same show, same flavor, and we've got a returning guest. I feel like we had him not too long ago, but I, I swear episodes of this show just fly by for me. But um, oh, they peel off so fast, Tim. I, I was just thinking really earlier do. how just how proud I am of us. I'm still proud that we're here. Um, I feel like we keep tooting our own horns, but so be it. We're gonna yeah, and it was only seven episodes. Ago. We are who we are. <laughs> it was pretty recent. Uh, it's his third, so he's closing in on the the uh, multicolored neon jacket that you get at five episodes there so we go he's on his third one tonight and that is our good friend mr charlie angeloro charlie how are you hello hello how are you guys doing i'm doing great charlie good welcome back as always as a recurring guest we don't need to get into your history with the show so i think we should just dive right in tonight boys we are covering beverly hills 90210 season two episode 11 leading from the heart Premiered October 10th, 1991 to 15.9 uh, rating. So that's uh, oh, that's a million viewers, I should say. So that's just a little bit down from our last episode, which is just 16 and a half. Um, so definitely a little bit of a dip off the, the last one, but not too much. And the last one was a big one. Were you surprised that it was down off of the Iris episode? Um, I don't know. I, I think people maybe... It's so early in this show's run that people maybe aren't even sure what to expect from it yet. So you can get, like, what's an important episode in retrospect. But seeing it for the first time, you don't necessarily know that it's a big deal. Like, that that was kind of the case for our guest, right? Rob was sort of like, uh, is Iris going to be back? Like, is this a recurring character? So, um, you know, I imagine folks at the time in 1991 are not necessarily thinking this is this has set a whole lot of plot in motion um, when really looking back we know that we have the advantage of that you know 2020 hindsight yeah what do you think Charlie are you surprised coming off the uh, Irish deal in the money or do you agree that that's not like at the time maybe you're not picking up at just how big of a deal that is well it's funny because I mean like back then there was no DVR so it was you watched it then or you didn't get to see it so it's uh it's surprising to me in, in the fact that people would just be watching i would think people would just be watching the show but right. apparently that's not the case they just take episodes off here and there i mean i was 11 years old when this came out that 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 was funny to hear you guys say when this came out so uh that's uh that's that's pretty funny yeah, and it definitely uh, it definitely ebbs and flows. I, I think they have a baseline. Like, if you look at the numbers, they never really go below, like, 15. So I think they have, like, an audience of, like, 15 and a half, 
to 16. And that makes sense. That makes sense. That's, that's a lot of people. So. Yeah. That's like consistent. The, the up and down is the, you know, they'll, they'll go up to maybe 17, 18, come back down. We get the big ones coming. Do you guys, do you guys know what night it aired? Like we're what, now what? in its normal Wednesday slot, I believe. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. Yeah, it was it was Thursday. Okay. It was Thursdays until um May seventh, ninety. Actually, no, what did I say this was? No, we're still on Thursday. I'm sorry. It's not Wednesday until Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I always think of this Thursdays as being a Wednesday at a nine show. Right now. I mean, I, I didn't watch it in its original run until as we talked about, like into season <laughs> Four, so I've just always thought of it as a Wednesday show. It's so weird to think to me that that was not its regular night at first. Right. Um, yes. And it's also still a little bit odd that there is as much fluctuation in the ratings as as we see. Um, I mean, yeah, they they've got their they, they've kind of got their um, their core audience. It seems like which which is healthy enough at this point. But I mean, to Charlie's point, you would figure. 1991 you either see it or you don't like it's right. it seems like this should be appointment television for people who are interested right. and invested in the show like why That's is there still why are there still these huge swings of like three to five million people week to week sometimes it's i don't I know I, I guess that's just the nature of the beast back then I never that that's a, that's a funny fact that you guys came up with that because that's uh that surprised me yeah, that um, and then the shift will be the beginning of season three to Wednesday, and they're there till the end, Wednesday at eight. So only two seasons, Thursdays at nine, which would have actually put it up against. It was I don't know when Seinfeld went to Thursday actually, if it was around the same time. Oh, um, yeah, because that Seinfeld started on Wednesday, I believe. Let me look real quick, because I'm curious if they ever went head to head. Uh, Seinfeld. So Seinfeld aired Wednesday at 9.30, Thursday at 9.30, Wednesday at 9.30, Thursday at 9.30. So this would have been the end. Yeah, there's still Seinfeld is Wednesdays, 9.30 and 9. They actually don't go to Thursday until halfway through season four on Seinfeld. So Oh, wow. So they kind of flip-flop. Um, they are head-to-head. Uh, no, not even head-to-head. It's not a two-and-a-goes to 8 o'clock Wednesday since Seinfeld's 9 o'clock. So they're never head-to-head. But, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that late in Seinfeld's run that they switched to Thursday. Still a tough night for this show for Fox. Mm-hmm. I mean, NBC not. I guess it's well, not the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that must see TV Thursday thing was that nineties powerhouse block. I mean, oh my God, maybe yeah. not as early as ninety one, but still, that's kind of when they brought out their heavy hitters, right? I mean, you still got as Cheers in there at this point. I don't know. Yeah, We're kind of getting. I'm, tr- I'm trying to see what night. If they were, was Cheers always Thursday? I thought so. As late as 91, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, if not always, by that point, it, it had to have been cemented. Yeah, so the show spent most of its run on NBC Thursday's Must See TV. Uh, it was until 93, so I don't know if they're going head-to-head with it, but it's whatever. It's against it in one way or the other. So, um, Yeah, because we said this was... Thursdays at nine right now, right? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's at dead with cheers. I think it's our parents. <laughs> so are these numbers are pretty good. Our parents are watching that, not letting us watch this. Right. I would say our. I yeah, think exactly. those numbers are pretty damn good. Then, if they're up against Cheers and they're pulling in 15, 16 million, like that's pretty solid. 
Yeah, unless was Cheers the eight o'clock or eight thirty? I don't know. Uh, it had to be nine, right? No, it's nine. Original time slot was nine, and January '83 has moved to nine thirty. Okay. Uh, so our kids yeah, will I mean, understand this no DVR thing. I know. <laughs> They're like, who cares, right? Like, but no, this was a big deal back then. <laughs> yeah. So it was nine thirty. So it was in the hour of nine o two and um, So but, right. I mean. It, I think it makes it impressive. All right, let's yeah. dive in. Uh, season two, episode 11. We open up on the campus. We get some B-roll. Um, just kind of the uh, happenings around the campus. We go into the hallway. Brandon catches up with Emily Valentine. We haven't seen her in a minute. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think since her debut, right? I don't think she's been on since then. So uh, they, I think they cover Correct. for it a little bit, at least. Because he says, where have you been? And she says, oh, I've had a lot of makeup classes. My credits didn't transfer over. So I've had to take a bunch of sophomore classes. So they kind of played up that she's just been uh, MIA even to the the crew, not just to us during this time period. So it's like she's been existing and it's like she's been interacting with the crew. We haven't seen her, I guess what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brenda has her third driver's test today. Brandon says her big issue is parallel parking. We then see Brenda with Don and Kelly. She's fretting over a test. She talks about another another driving dream she had. I'm glad we don't see this one. <laughs> right. Um, we don't need to see the NASCAR dreams of Brenda Walsh here. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're long past, thankfully. Uh, Kelly says uh, that she was born to drive, and Donna says, no, your first month was very rough with a lot of fender benders. Brandon says Dylan is meeting them out front to go to the DMV, which is where we head. Brandon and Dylan are nervously watching Brenda. Uh, she has a Chinese driving instructor who gives her some wise tips on parallel parking as Brenda's freaking out, like basically visualize the, the spot. Um, but what I thought was very 1991 is, you know, they, they have the score to the show, right? So they play the real songs, and then they have the score. They did, like, the typical sound, like, kind of music you would think that an early 90s show would do when there's a Chinese character involved, right? Like, it's the <laughs> yes. ridiculous version of the standard Nana Skono music. Terrible. Yeah. Well, she's given the uh, wisdom. So, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but it helps. She does the parallel parking successfully. She passes the test, and Brandon and Dylan are like, whoa! what she does it they're all they're all excited that they pulled it off so brenda's got her license uh we go to the walsh house brenda's recapping her experience over dinner Cindy says friday they're going to hold a big celebration for her all her friends can come over for dinner to uh celebrate the license brenda says she assumes she's going to be sharing cars with brandon because jim helped brandon buy his but brandon says no i bought it myself jim just helped me fix it after the uh, issues he had Cindy then gets a call, a phone call. She goes and answers it. It's someone named Bobby, uh, and she's very excited to hear from him. We get a very Brandon line here. He goes, hey, yo, Bobster, from the table, like, from a mile away. (laughs) It says Brandon as it gets. And Cindy reveals that Bobby's visiting Beverly Hills this weekend because he's thinking of transferring to UCLA. Jim looks a little apprehensive and says, okay, we're going to have to discuss some details if uh, Bobbo is headed to Beverly Hills, Tim. So what did you think of this start, kind of the setup? Brenda with the license and then the introduction, soft introduction to Bobby. Uh, coming in hot here with this intro, we, we get the return of Christine, who I'm happy to see. I was a little bit disappointed that this is really the only scene that she uh, appears in for the episode. So, um, boy, if you if you missed, uh, if you're just turning in after that first commercial break, you probably didn't see her at all. But um, right. yep. it just at least reestablishes the character that she wasn't just going to be a one off. Um, and in fact, she uh, she's going to have um, perhaps a, some ongoing participation 
Uh, I guess we do see her again with the the school paper stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, coming up. But yeah. um, yeah, less less I'd be remiss there. Um, and we get Brenda finally uh, obtaining her license. So sort of closing off that loose end from from the first season. Like we we saw her flunk her driving test, and she was having all these anxiety dreams and whatnot. Um, but they kind of never really did establish whether she actually, you know got it or not but here yes she she manages to pull it off and relatively drama free um mm-hmm. so so i'm glad that this was like not an ongoing thread throughout the episode we just kind of right. do it we get, get it, it over with we yeah. establish yeah she's got her license there's a little bit of conflict that comes up um afterwards here but it's i mean at least we're not you know reheating old season one subplots with this. So, so I appreciated that, uh, dinner table conversation, you know, I'm not really sure where I stand on this whole, um, what is Brenda's, uh, transportation deal going to be? I guess Brandon has been working. I guess technically he did buy his first car, although he totaled it. So Jim had <laughs> right. to help him with the repairs. So is it kind of like, is it a wash, but he does have a job, whereas Brenda doesn't. So, I don't know. That's maybe worth. That's part of it too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's maybe worth another conversation. It's like, um, Jim says, do we have to settle this, um, over dinner right now? Uh, they are conveniently interrupted by Bobby on the phone and, oh my gosh, you guys are all these (laughs) Bobster, uh, the very hushed details of, um, the accommodations that the, the Walsh's have to make in anticipation of Bobby's visit. Ooh, what could it be? You guys, I don't know. Um, so that's ratcheting up the intrigue already. So, um, yeah, off to a hot start here. Uh, Charlie, are, uh, are you raring to go now? Uh, I'm raring to go. Um, I found it. Um, I, I thought it was a little Mr. Miyagi like on the, uh, driving instructor there. Um, <laughs> With with the uh, the way she was talking to Brenda in the car and stuff, and then uh, I found it funny too. Did you guys see what uh, Cindy was cooking? What she made dinner with in that episode? What she was actually cooking the dinner in? She was making. She was cooking in a wok. Oh, that was a wok. That was a wok on the table. Yes. So this kind of all came together there right after that scene. She felt a little inspired by uh, a positive experience with her new driving instructor. Yep. All right. Kelly asked Brenda about her cousin and she says, yeah, he's not really your type. And Kelly gets a little hot about it, both because she says that, but also because she realizes she's seen a picture of this guy and he's super cute. It's over the fireplace. Brenda talks to Brandon in the car about feeling bad that they left Bobby behind when they moved and that growing up and someone just disappears. Someone you grew up with just disappears from your life is weird. Brandon pulls up and the basketball bounces down the driveway and onto his car. And then we see Bobby rolls up in a wheelchair. He's shit talking Jim skills and makes a handicap joke, but it's all love from Brennan. Brandon, they they're excited to see each other. And Bobby says if they weren't cousins, basically he'd make a move on Brenda because she's super uh, beautiful now. Uh, basically it's old wisecracking Bobby, uh, out there hooping around. So he's, he's, you can tell right out of the gate what they're going for, right? Guy had a, a real bad accident and he's overcompensating a bit probably with, with humor and trying to keep, keep things, uh, loose and upbeat. So he's, he's out there cracking jokes. 
We have Brandon and Bobby catching up in the living room. Bobby teases him a bit about being a California boy. Bobby said, asks about the ladies. Brandon talks about Emily and says the heat fizzled because things got weird. Uh, Bobby tells him he should seize the day and not worry about things getting weird. Uh, I thought this is an interesting way to kind of explain why, too. Maybe Brandon hadn't been seeing Emily was just to kind of cover up by saying things cooled off a bit. So I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty good. Bobby wants some action with the chicks. And uh, Brandon kind of takes things down a dark path for a minute about Bobby's accident. But Bobby cuts him off and he says, hey, I'm tired. It's been a long day. I'm going to go to bed. Uh, Cindy and Jim are in bed. They're pondering the challenges of Bobby attending UCLA. Jim says his brother, Alan, put him up for two years during college. And Bobby's getting self-sufficient. So maybe it'd be okay. Cindy kind of waxes poetic a bit about the accident. And says she feels bad because in a way she's relieved it wasn't Brandon. And it could have been very easily. Cindy wakes up. Bobby's made this big, wonderful breakfast. He's kind of cracking more jokes. He can't reach the juice squeezer. You know, he was always up early making eggs at the ski trips and everything else. So he's kind of, again, kind of, you know, acting a little loose. Brandon and Brenda come down. They're pumped that Cindy made this big breakfast, but she reveals it was Bobby. And, uh, you know, they're shocked a little bit. And one thing I thought was weird, I don't know if you guys noticed this, Brandon's wearing scrubs. Does he sleep with (laughs) scrubs? He is wearing I said that, surgical scrubs. I said that last because uh, I rewatched it, obviously. And I'm like, what's he wearing? I'm like, these mm-hmm. are scrubs. Yeah. Um, I don't, but I couldn't tell if it was meant to be pajamas or was he wearing them for the day? Like it was it was kind of confusing. Well, he was the only one that was had that on. But everyone else was like in the morning, completely dressed and ready to go for the day. And he came down in the scrubs. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's possible that he's just wearing a a V-neck T-shirt that is exactly the same look color like as yeah. those are scrubs. Scrubs as as yeah, we, they I look mean, like they a lot of those are scrubs. They really, I mean, they, we all came away with the same impression. So I, I think yeah. we all, um, I, I definitely wrote that down as a big WTF. Nineties um, <laughs> fashion, I guess. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like this V-neck T-shirt, exactly the same color as the green surgical scrubs that you that you think of when you picture that. I I'm told they're very comfortable, um, so maybe that's just what he's wearing for pajamas. I don't know. I guess. Um, well, I couldn't tell if they were still in pajamas from waking up, or yeah, yeah, were they? Was actually I mean, it's be not like he that goes out. out. He doesn't but go out. But everyone else is dressed up, ready to go out for the day. No one else right, had right, pajamas right. on in that so scene. So it made me think, was he... Yeah, it was weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Charlie, any other thoughts up into the scene here? No, I, I just... I, I feel Brenda's getting more angry and angrier. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't seem very happy with everything that's going on. Yeah, she's she's super defensive uh, towards Kelly, and I, I get it. She's kind of protective towards her cousin, and I don't know. Maybe she's doing Kelly a little bit of a disservice. She's sort of acting like Kelly is moving in on this guy in like a predatory way, which yes, um, is maybe her reputation, but it's not really been her nature as we've come right. to know her throughout this this show, and certainly not as yet. Brenda. I think it more that. She's just nervous because she knows the real like she Bobby's in a wheelchair. Kelly's not aware of it, and maybe not that she's being a predator about it, but that as soon as she sees him, she may 
like like I, I don't think she's acting like it's because it's Kelly. It's just like maybe any girl would do this, right? Anyone yeah, can maybe, protest their maybe. feelings, you know. Mm-hmm. Although I do but think you, it's you're funny. Right. Um, is getting quicker. The way that Ke- Kelly basically acknowledges she's perving on the Walsh family photos. <laughs> it's just looking at their hot relatives. Yeah, right. It's pretty funny. Um, but Brenda just seemed like she was she she seemed mad. She yeah, I mean, she, well, she's also being just sort of overly dramatic. Like she's being at first, she's like super evasive about like she she could easily just say, hey, it's my cousin Bobby visiting from Minnesota. Um, it's you know, we're, we're going to have to be uh, we're going to have to, you know, make some accommodations because he, he happens to be in a wheelchair due to an accident. Like she I don't know why she acts like it's some deep, dark secret, you know, like it's. Exactly. It, it, she's just being weirdly dramatic about it, but I get it. I mean, that's Brenda. That's the show. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, too, it's just more that I don't know if she's, like, angry. I think it's more that she seems to have a quick trigger. Like, she's anticipating mm-hmm. the worst mm-hmm. every time. Um, right. And a little bit of her is a humanitarian at heart. I like, we'll see that in future years, but may the laying seeds now that any perceived potential issue, like, she's ready to kind of jump on, so... Yeah. Well, yeah. and we do get that um, some good establishing information between the Walshes that, um, number one, this is a cousin, I guess, on, on Jim's side and that mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Bobby's uh, parents put Jim up while he was in school. And now maybe now maybe there's an expectation that the Walshes are going to uh, return the favor or feel like they should return the favor. Um, and that something about this accident, they feel like it could have been Brandon instead. And we'll get more, you know, that 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 will lead somewhere. So we'll get some more background on that. So it's sort of sort of like setting us up for um, some later revelations here. Right. All right. Uh, so Brandon says Bobby has him in a generous mood with the big breakfast. So he's going to let Brenda drive the Mustang. Uh, but she says I pa- she passes. She doesn't want to. And she says she'll drive when she has to and basically laughs it off like Brandon's her chauffeur. Uh, we go to West Bev. David is in the radio booth. He's hyping a charity car wash. He fires up some tunes. Donna walks by and waves. And David runs out and asks her to a movie tonight. And she wants to, but she's got the Walsh family dinner. Uh, he says, well, Brenda can come too to the movie. And Donna kind of makes a boo-boo face about that. And she says, uh, maybe next time. And they kind of have some awkward flirting going on. Kelly comes over to ask Brenda about dinner. Donna says, can I bring David Silver? And Kelly goes, are we dating David Silver now? <laughs> and it kind of makes a face. Uh, Donna's like, no, we're just friends. Brenda's shook and says, there may be too many people. And wants to tell Kelly about Bobby being cute over 21 and then tells him he is paralyzed. Uh, they feel bad. They And she says, don't pity. It's, this is typical Brenda, right? She's yeah. like, he's paralyzed. So she's kind of setting them up to, of course, show some pity. And then she like switches gears like, well, don't pity him. Like, don't feel bad mm-hmm, for him. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you told him, you know, like, is it normal or is it not? Exactly. And, and she had an opportunity to, to say this earlier. But the fact that she was right. so weirdly secretive about it. Now she's like making it even a bigger deal than it really is. I don't know. It's yeah. So she's going to call off dinner because she doesn't want it to be weird. Um, and she says basically, I think what drew, you know, drove that conversation earlier that one of her best friends back home dated Bobby after the, and then dumped him as soon as he had the accident. So, you know, I think, I think that, yeah, 
I think that yeah. helps write that off why she yes. was so protective yeah. over it earlier. Yes, it did. That does help that there's a, a, a precedent for this kind of thing it does sort of patch over why she's being so cagey about this whole situation, especially with Kelly. I would agree. Yeah. And, and probably feels bad because it was her friend. Right. So she probably feels like maybe it's her fault a bit because it was her friend that did this last time and doesn't want another one of her friends to do this again to him. So and I can see where looked- it comes in. Looking back at it, I was like, when she was like, oh, Dave, there's too many people. I was like, oh, he'll be there, but we'll see what actually happens in uh, a future scene. Yeah, Brenda kind of shitting on David here. <laughs> That's going to be too Yeah, well, people. I think it was One more that she was, like, overwhelmed, I think, at the moment. If Donna asked her any other time, she probably says yes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think in this moment, she was already overwhelmed with the idea of this dinner, so she was, like, afraid to say it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's roll along. Andrea and Brandon are at the Blaze. They're talking about the dinner. <clears throat> Andrea, this is awful. Andrea asks, us, can I have a ride? And Brandon says, well, why don't you ask Brenda? She can drive now. Um, and she's like, well, it's fine. I'll just take the bus. And Emily comes in and says she's taking journalism now instead of psych because she was not made out for psychology. Um so she's going to go into the family business, which, of course, we learned her dad manages newspapers. Andrea says, well, make sure just work for your dad for real. And Emily says, no. Brandon says they could use another body over in sports. Andrea says they need PTA coverage. And Emily plays ball with that. So kind of a real uh, double banger on Andrea here where Brandon shuts her <laughs> down for the ride and then wants to cuddle up with uh, Emily doing sports. So great tough to blow to Andrea. Uh, Brandon, Dylan, Steve, and Bobby are hooping in the driveway. Dylan and Steve are on a team. They're bickering. Kelly comes over to flirt, and Bobby is immediately smitten. You can see it in his eyes. Brenda and Donna are back uh, from picking up Andrea. Uh, we find out that Donna drove, not Brenda, but she goes, the traffic was brutal, and Andrea's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Poor Andrea. Just can't I catch a break in this episode. Um, can't get a break. And, and I wonder, too, because I think, I think we have an episode coming up where Andrea's location plays a big role. So I'm wondering if, again, they're planting some seeds. Um, yeah. Planting some seeds here that Andrea is like, it's like a pain in yeah, the I ass. I remember to that. Go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get her. See her. Uh, they start playing charades. Bobby invites Kelly to sit on his lap. But she's afraid she's going to crush him. But he says, no, nah, give it a go. Brandon, Kelly, Brenda, and Bobby are hanging at the end. Everyone else is left. They're telling old family tales. Brenda and Brandon want to go to bed. Bobby says, go ahead. I can go to bed. I'll put myself to bed. I don't need you. Brenda says goodnight very directly to Kelly. She's like, goodnight, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> but Bobby glides over to the couch and uh, saddles up next to Kelly. Kelly asks him some questions about the accident. We learn what it entailed. There's some teaching moments in here. Like, I think this was meant to be oh, the after Believe segment. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, Kelly's like directly I, asking him, you. so what was it like? How did you get hurt? You know, like, so it was like very much like an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kelly's all about his positive attitude. They talk about maybe going horseback riding tomorrow. And they start to make out, but Kelly cuts it off to head home. And we see that Brenda's sitting up on the stairs watching Tim. So uh, what do you got up until this point here? Um, I'll just say that uh, the first time I saw this episode on UPN or whatever, uh, when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11 years old, uh, this show taught me what the difference between uh, paraplegic and quadriplegic was. Because of that scene, and I've remembered it to this. I I remember that wow, to this day. Learning, you're right. You're right. Yeah, me too. Learning that difference from from this show. 
uh, from this up ep- this one episode. Um, couldn't tell you a whole lot more about this episode, but I knew going in. Oh yeah, this is the one where I, I learned that thing. <laughs> so yeah, you're absolutely right. Real after school special educational. Yeah, it was already um, a te- teaching moment scene. Yeah, yeah, gotta love that. Uh, yeah, poor Andrea. Gosh, just <laughs> first it's like, yeah, sorry, tits, find your own way <laughs> over, and then just <laughs> flaunting, then just basically flaunting uh, his his relationship Emily. with Emily right in Andrea's face. Who, uh, you know, she's like trying to drive a wedge, but trying to be diplomatic about it at the same time. But you can tell she's. Um, Yep. she's pretty worked up or this whole thing with uh with emily um kelly and bobby uh moving kind of fast uh i mean she's straight up sitting in his lap um that's i mean wheelchair or no right that's like a kind of a bold right. move um then this whole well, they did invite her. it's they all been bobby driven he's putting the he's yeah. putting the move He's trying he's to put the moves and she's, no, she's very receptive. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, we already know she's kind of, kind of been scoping him out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, it comes down to just really just, uh, the two of them. Right. So Kelly's in no, in no hurry to see herself out. And, you know, again, we get the teachable moment, some useful kind of exposition there just between the two of them. And, um, Let's just say things escalate fast, uh, much to Brenda's chagrin. Um, I don't know. Is this is this a torrid love affair? Are things moving too quickly for your liking as well, Charlie? Yes. I mean, uh, it, it was moving a little quick. But back to Andrea, um, you could tell that, that Emily is probably going to play a bigger role in this series than, than people thought. Mm-hmm. Um and you could see Andrea just being on the jealous side. Uh, back, back to Kelly. Um, that that whole situation. I mean, I mean, it happened. He was like, "Come sit on my lap." She did. That seemed just like how Kelly is. But you can see, again, Brenda is just not happy. This episode. She's just she's just angry, and you can see it just when they pan back and she was sitting on those stairs at the end. You're like, and and here we go, and here's Brenda. Keep going, barely keeping it in. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. <clears throat> Next morning, Brenda tells Brandon about the Kelly and Bobby situation, but Brandon's not sweating it. He says, "Look, they're both flirters. It's not just Kelly." And that Brenda's afraid he's going to get hurt again, but Brandon wants her to know, you know, know her issues. Keeps it simple, and Brenda backs down. Bobby's on the phone. He's excitedly booking this horseback riding. And he tells Brandon that Brandon, Bobby, Kelly, Brenda, and Dylan are going for a ride at 1 p.m. Brandon tells Bobby not to misunderstand Kelly. And Bobby says he didn't get a patronizing kiss. Brandon tells him just to go slow. Bobby says he thinks Brandon doesn't believe Kelly can be serious about a guy like him. We go to the ranch now. We don't get the name of the ranch, just a ranch. Bobby gets loaded onto Shane the horse, (laughs) which cracked me up, the name Shane. Uh, (laughs) Off they ride. Brandon gets a, a horse named Spitfire. He goes mm-hmm. riding off as well. Kelly's kind of laughing it up, and her and uh, Bobby and Shane go riding ahead. We see Dylan and Brenda galloping along. They're kissing. And then we see Brandon bouncing by them, having a wild ride, uh, not going smoothly for him. 
Bobby and Kelly have a little chat. Kelly invites them to a high school party, and he's ready to go. He says the whole gang's going, so you can come join us. We then get to the party. Bobby realizes there's a lot of stairs to get up into the house. Dylan comes over, and him, Steve, and Brandon carry him. Bobby seems a little embarrassed, uh, but he seems to feel a little bit better once he gets up into the house. Steve makes a joke that Kelly used to date the host. Brenda and Dylan go dance. Brandon and Steve go get drinks. But Bobby's kind of annoyed because everyone keeps saying, are you okay? Okay. Do you need anything? Do you need anything? They're overly doting on him as soon as he got in the house. Uh, a girl then comes over. She doesn't see Bobby. She falls over him, spills her drink on him. Uh, he's all wet. So he tells her to get a towel. A couple of stoners come over. They ask him what happened. Bobby kind of makes a joke about it. And the stoner goes, oh, did you hear what that wheelchair guy said to me? Uh, so that was funny. Bobby says he's glad to be done with high school. And then he goes to wheel down to the lower level, but realizes that there's stairs. Tal, who's the host, comes over. He flirts with Kelly. Mm -hmm. He asks her to dance. She introduces Bobby, and he asks him how he got up the stairs. He's like, wow, how did you get up the steps? Um, he then tells uh, – Bobby asks her a beer, but Tal says it's alcohol-free because he got in trouble. Last time he had beer at a party. Tal then again asks Kelly to dance, and Kelly basically says, you know, can I dance to Bobby? Bobby gives the okay, and then she has him hold his purse. Um, I thought that was a bit much. Bobby's bummed watching them. Steve comes over. He's like, hey, what about the, the action here to Bobby? And Bobby basically says, I'm not feeling good. I want to go home. Can you go find Brandon? Kelly comes over, and Bobby says he's not very fun at parties. He can't dance. Uh, Kelly's nice to him about it. She tries to, to kind of smooth it over. Bobby says it was nice to meet Kelly, and he lays it on heavy about how hot she is and how great he feels to see her and be with her. And says, you know what, though, we know that you're just going to say you don't like me in that way anyway, just like everyone else. Kelly's kind of shell-shocked about what's going on. Bobby says, hey, maybe two weeks or maybe six months, but as you go to more parties like this, the novelty wears off, and you're going to want a boyfriend who can dance with you. Brandon comes over. Bobby says he wants to go home. He wheels away. Steve gives his usual douche line. goes, nice work, Kel. Like she did. I mean, she really didn't do anything, but he's pissed, uh, busting her up. The guys carry Bobby back down the stairs. Brenda says Kelly upset him and isn't happy. Uh, Kelly tries to explain what happened. She says she likes being with Bobby. And Brenda says, uh, you don't have the right to basically rule his social life. So I think this kind of piled up by Kelly quickly. I think she did make one mistake in this was that um, she should not have left him to dance as soon as they got A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think that 100%. was... That was a little cold. Like, I mean, it's freaking towel at a house. You're not at the prom. Like, you know, just say like, oh, you know what? Let me catch up with you later. Like, at least mm. make sure the guy is comfortable. Yeah, I think she was fine. Everything else she did. But I think that one was I think that was uh, a step off, Charlie. What and that's what set everyone off. Yeah. So, like you said, the uh, everything was going fine up until that kid asked her to dance and she went and danced. That set everything off. Um, it, it, it made no sense to me why she would say yes to that. Um, obviously, coming here with him, doing what she did the night before, being with him, um, that that made absolutely no sense to me why she wanted to go and dance with that guy. Right, just a dance. Like, you could say, oh, not right now, but, you know, maybe just go dance with her friends or something. You know, like go dance with Donna, Brenda, and say, I'll be right back, bring him a drink. Like, like there was no attempt to make him feel okay. Like it made him feel like the outcast at the prom. And then oh. holding her purse was like a double. And I guess if you Ooh, look at it, like yeah. Kelly, you know, cause later she says about being friends. I mean, if you, if you look at it in that line, like she's just, okay, as a friend, can you, but it was just like, you knew where we had just been through. I, I just think it was, it was too much out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, in her slight defense, she did 
semi-warn him, look, it's going to be a high school party. Um, it may not really be your scene, but clearly she wants him to attend. Right. And he says, well, you're going to be there. So that's all I really need to know. And I mean, the fact that he says that is, is kind of, you know, kind of code for, Hey, don't just abandon me at this thing. You know, it's going to be an unfamiliar setting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be, you know, these stupid stoners that make the rude comments that they do. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be tons of strangers. There's going to be, um, dumb high school teenagers that trip over you <laughs> because they're not mm-hmm. paying attention. It's just, there's a lot going on here. Um, so yeah, she really should have done a better job of, of looking out for him if she was going to be kind of, um, insistent that, that he join, uh, come along for this party. Now at the same time, he is 21. I do think part of the issue here, maybe, I don't know, maybe a better reason that, that Bobby shouldn't go to this party other than he is in a wheelchair is that it is a high school party. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, it's just not a great, not a great setting for him for, for many reasons. I mean, he asked for a beer at one point, which I think he genuinely could have used, but nope, it's a dry party here. Uh, thrown by Tal Weaver. Tal Weaver <laughs> is this guy's name. What a name. And he's never been in the show before. No. Correct? Nope. No. Just a rando, just a total so rich rando. That's part of it too. Like this kid just, and he's like, come dance with me, Kelly. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll be right there. Like, well, I yeah. think that's why they had Steve kind of hint that they dated before. So, yeah, like, there's a yeah, past right. between the yeah. two of them. But yeah. that said, I still think even if Kelly knew, like, that, oh, it's a it's a high school party. It's not your thing. Like, I mean, take a night off from dancing with Tal. Yes. You know, like, yeah. you go, they're Maybe at a party every Tal. freaking weekend, probably. Like, like, do we mm-hmm. need to dance right now at this party? Like, you, you invited the guy. It's not like Tal was a, it's not like he was like, come on, come down. Like, he's not like begging or making a scene. And she was like, oh, let me just get this over with. It was nothing like that. So it's like, like, what do you, like, he only asked kind of twice calmly, you know, they should have played it up. Maybe he very easily could have said, yeah, you know, I'm here with my new friend. I'd like him. I'd like to introduce him to some people. Maybe next time, you know, like big deal. Or have her bully her. He can't get down there and dance. So I'm going to stay up here with him. Yeah. Or clearly. Or have Tal bully her a little bit. Like, say, hey, you owe me a dance after what you did. You know, make her, like, feel... Because we know yeah. Kelly can mm-hmm. feel bad about stuff, right? So, like, yes. maybe maybe play on that. Like, give us some reason that why she would give up so easily to go dance. That's all. It, just, it made it seem like, all right. It, it just it made her... Yeah. In an episode where they're trying to present her as uh, empathetic, in this, you know, in this whole thing, um, it felt like that, that was off the mark, for sure. And that set everything off. That set Brenda yes. off. That set everyone off. That 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 one scene. And you're giving Steve all the ammunition he needs to be yep. an asshole. Yeah. Usual. Yeah, right. You yeah. pile on. Right. Like, you know, anything right. he could do to take a yeah. shit on Kelly, especially when another guy is involved, uh, you know that, that she's gonna he's going to do it. So, um, All right. We're at the Walsh house. Bobby unloads. Uh, he says he fooled himself to thinking he's a normal, but every now and then. Uh, he gets a glimpse of how he's really viewed. Brandon asks if Kelly said something. Bobby says, Kelly's great. But you know, if I come to LA, how is this going to work in the long run? His type of life gets old fast. His charms wear thin. Girls would not want a serious life with a guy like him. Brandon asks him if Kelly said that. And Bobby says he didn't let it get that far. Brandon says, is that what you do? You just blow off girls. Bobby says his whole life is an effort. He's a drag. No one wants to ever be around him. In his mind, he's still walking and running, but he can't 
get up and once a day he wonders why this happened to him, why he deserved it. Brandon agrees and talks about how he looked up to Bobby growing up. And Brandon says, we never get to talk about the accident. And he tells a story. Uh, he said, Bobby got hurt skiing after such a fun day together. Brandon told Bobby to try a jump that he saw, or it made him tell him to try the jump, but he saw a jump. He commented about how beautiful it looked. And uh, Bobby basically jumped ahead and said he was going to do the jump. And instead, at the end of the jump, Bobby went into a tree. That's how he ended up paralyzed. And Brandon says, if I just kept my mouth shut about that jump, you'd still be walking today. Bobby takes the blame, but Brandon yells at him to remember what happened. Let let him say sorry. Basically saying, like, stop whitewashing it. Stop taking it on yourself. Let me, like, this is what happened. Just admit it. It's my fault. I pointed you at that jump, and I'm sorry. Bobby says Brandon's his favorite cousin. He doesn't want to put it on him and lose him like he does his other friends, so that's why he doesn't let him take the blame. Brandon says he can handle it to bring it on. Bobby says, however they remember the day doesn't change what happened at the end of it. Bobby says coming out here is a mistake. He wants to do everything he can with no limitations, but nights like this make him feel like a fool. Brandon tells him to get some sleep and says things will look better in the morning. He tells Bobby he loves him. Bobby says he loves Brandon. Uh, Charlie, this was a great scene. I thought this was really well done. Um, and I think it, it could have easily just been this guy's in a wheelchair, but I think they did a nice job telling, explaining, adding color to the backstory as to how this happened, how Brandon was involved, maybe the weight he's been carrying from it on his back, maybe why he's a bit of a Boy Scout since, you know, like, like I think there's like little stuff in here that they could have been lazy with it. Oh, he's just born, born like this, or he was in a car accident, whatever. But they really take the time to set up that Brandon was with him. Brandon kind of set him up, and he, he's the one that got hurt. It plays off why Cindy earlier said it could have been Brandon very easily. If he would have done that jump, it could have been him that slammed into the tree. So I think they do a good job. Maybe show why Brenda's also extra self-conscious about it. Like, it was kind of on their watch. So I think I think this story here was great, and I think the way they did it helped explain a lot of the holes throughout. A hundred percent. I forgot how deep this got. Um, even Brandon, I mean... I, I can't even think of another time where Brandon had tears in his eyes um, in the in the whole series uh, besides this this scene right here. Um, and you could tell that 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 Brandon was kind of the, the kid that wanted to do the crazy stuff he did. Mm-hmm. Also, they got along. They did this. They skied. And, uh, and and it sounded like Brandon did make him go over to this jump to do cause what happened to him. Um, so it was kind of, it was deep. It was, uh, it was a great scene, a great scene. Yeah, this, this did a nice job of kind of tying everything together. And for a scene that's really reliant on the characters, um, telling us these details rather than, than showing us anything like we don't get a, a flashback or any, anything like that. Um, the actors do a really good job of selling it. Yes. Uh, like you said, Charlie, yes. Brandon, um, Jason Priestley, you know, getting pretty choked up. Um, and it's not like he's full on, you know, he starts crying, bawling his eyes out or anything. No. It's, it's pretty, it's actually pretty subtle. Like there's just sort of that catch in his voice where he's, you know, kind of, kind of starting to, starting to lose it. And, um, I, I thought that was some pretty fine acting, um, from Jason Priestley and um, they have this, this again, pretty intense heart to heart. Um, But I appreciated this, I think because um, Bobby talks about this, talks about living with this disability from his own perspective and from the perspective of someone who 
wasn't always in this wheelchair. And so we're getting we're getting that from him directly as a character rather than him just being seen through the eyes of our our lead characters, right? And through their assumptions. Like we're getting his actual personalized stamp on his own situation. And I, I think that's pretty important just in fleshing him out and and sort of uh, bringing this story to life more. Um, so pretty important here that, that this all goes down. Um, you know, Brandon's kind of does the Brandon thing of, he has, he has the guilt complex, which a lot of people probably would in this situation, but there's, there's a, an element of, he's kind of making about it, making about himself too. Um, and, and Bobby very quickly shuts that down. He's like, no, listen, you know, when, when did I ever need you to, to goad me into doing something risky, you know, out there on the slopes? Like I was going to do it anyway. Um, yeah, you might you might have urged me on, but it doesn't really matter who who saw it first. I was going to go for it either way, because you know I was I'm the older cousin, I'm the daredevil, blah blah blah. So even though they see this situation differently, um, they make clear that Bobby does not blame Brandon in any way, and he's telling Brandon, you know, let it go, and and this is really not about you. Um, although I you know I understand. Um, that you you could have seen this and you you're looking at it and you could have seen yourself in my shoes like yeah that's very upsetting but it's like clearly this is a conversation a long time coming they say they've never talked about it before yep yep, yep. we kind of see why well, you get the vibe but, that you get the vibe that bobby kept probably pushing it off right like brandon because he even yeah, tried earlier in the episode yeah. that brandon wanted yeah. to talk about it, but bobby never wanted to have the conversation whether it's because he didn't want to relive it but also because like he says, he didn't want to put that on Brandon, um, mm-hmm. you know, to have to take that on. Yep. Right. All right. Bobby is up making breakfast again the next morning. Kelly comes in to talk. Kelly tells Bobby he was unfair to her. He asks uh, how he knew what she would say or want. Uh, she asks him how, how he knew what she would want. Bobby says experience uh, in this situation has told me why, you know, it was going to go that way. Kelly says that she likes Bobby as a friend. Bobby says he has enough friends, and Kelly basically says, why are you putting these expectations on me? It's not fair. Um, you know, we just met, like, lighten up a bit. Not every girl um, that likes you needs to make a lifetime commitment. They've only had one date. Uh, Bobby says somewhere along the line, Kelly had to have asked herself, could you see yourself with someone like me? Kelly said it's not something she could figure out quickly. Bobby didn't give her the benefit of the doubt. Made her mad because she wasn't thinking about it. It was just being led by her heart. And basically said, yeah, she did think about it and realized, you know, I can't I can't figure this out in, in a day. It's going to take time. So, no, I didn't I didn't, you know, come to a conclusion just yet. Uh, they flirt a bit more. Brenda and Brandon arrived. Bobby asked if they were listening, which they clearly were. They're behind the door. The Walshers come in and Cindy asked, why is Kelly there? Jim says Bobby's a welcome addition to the house if he goes to UCLA. And Bobby basically, with all due respect, Jim, uh, no offense, but if I'm coming to UCLA, I'm living in a dorm or an apartment. I'm living on my own, buddy. That's why I'm coming out here. Brandon backs him up. He says Bobby can uh, live alone and he can also pick today's adventure. And his choice is to have Brenda drive him to the airport. So hmm. Kelly... Brandon, Brenda, and Bobby hop in the car. Brenda's driving. Kelly gives Bobby her number and says, when he comes to town, give me a call. We've got a good friend here if you need him. And Brenda drives off, of course, almost back to the traffic. I was hoping it was going to be, uh, uh, what's her name? Yeah. Ash. Yeah, <laughs> the Ash is the gift. That was, that was awesome. That was awesome. 
you could see uh, that happening in real time. Yep, yep. Uh, and that's it. So I, this is a good episode. It, it was a, it was heavy, but it was also a break from the Dylan news. We get none of that story at all here, which I think is fine because it was such a heavy part of our last episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm okay with it being. Um, just kind of you know wash over right for right now we did get a little bit of overall story enhancement with brenda getting her license we got some donna and david hints um we got a kelly episode which we hadn't had in a bit either so i think all in all this is this is pretty good with a good story a good message you know we get a little bit of backstory on the washes which is always good too so the show is good at that through the years though get just kind of going heavy into something and then mm-hmm. splitting it off and going into something mm-hmm. else and then going back to that and it was uh, it was well written throughout the whole the whole years it was on. When you have that many episodes, you kind of have to like. Right. I mean, they're doing like yeah. thirty episode seasons. You can't. You're gonna burn through so many storylines if you, you know, every week do the same stuff. But I think that's why sometimes they deviated a little bit or slow burn things because they had to make it last. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this does feel a bit issue of the week, but. Compared to the first season where it was like, you know, three quarters of those episodes were issue of the week type stuff. Um, we can we can get away with that every every now and then uh, for this show. It, it's going to be a hallmark of the series. Um, so it, it's kind of fine here. I mean, it's rather inconsequential spoiler alert we're never going to see bobby again uh, we <laughs> we will see this actor again uh bobby played by gordon curie um he is gonna <laughs> listen he is gonna be uh collins drug dealer in season six oh, so really just look for that yeah really <laughs> the character i think his name is johnny five he has a really wow. name. that's classic yeah. Colin and the only reason it's not like I, I remembered that it's just I was looking up this um, this actor. I was like, who plays Bobby? And just seeing like what well, else he looked familiar I... to me. He looked like he, was... yeah. he looks like Johnny Lawrence. He, I mean, he looks like Johnny. He Lawrence. really does. Yeah, yeah he does. He, sure he does. does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's um, funny. Collins say, drug uh, dealer. Zabka, but <laughs> so we're <laughs> we're a ways off from seeing him again. But that's another. You know, one of those Aaron Spelling things. If if they like, if they like somebody's face enough, they'll bring them back to play another character. So that'll be the case here. Um, but yeah, eh, decent, solid outing for season two. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, but that was definitely the um, the vibe I got when I was watching it. It was a very, very um, Johnny Lawrence feel. Like even just the look, the way he was talking and the acting. Just that was what jumped out at me immediately. See that. All right, so that'll do it. Let's get to our awards here. Uh, best scene, I thought was I had a pretty easy choice for this one. I think it's Brandon and Bobby's kind of come to Jesus conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And no agreement question. there. No question. Uh, most important, again, there wasn't a ton here, but I'm with Brenda getting her license. I mean, it's it was a pretty big plot line in season one, so I think it's good that they paid it off and important to see her develop. That is, and I considered it, I ultimately went with, I mean, it doesn't seem that important for this episode, but it is, I guess, in the grand scheme of the show itself. David finally does ask Donna out, which Mm -hmm. feels like pulling the trigger on something we've been dancing around for a little bit now. Um, Well, and it's done so, like, shyly, too. Like, we don't get a lot out of 
which yeah, is good in a way because it looks like it's gonna be like a business as usual thing so they're not like putting a ton of hype in it you know right and i think he came away with the impression that she was disinterested when really they just couldn't get it together because right of, you know, logistics Brent, brenda ruined it well yeah madonna's <laughs> response was wasn't great either because when he was like well maybe like another time she's like oh yeah maybe we'll see like she didn't really unless she, they were trying to play like she was nervous and just didn't do it right but that's sort of it, felt, it felt like she didn't really give yeah. an excited like yeah let's do it tomorrow like i mean all right there's other nights like like she kind of just like blew it off and that was it you know they didn't like she didn't really try to find another night with him or anything i took it as she was i took it as she was nervous because she's kind of into him but she knows she's right. gonna get judged for that which kelly immediately did judge her for yeah. what she um said later um so she's sort of like how do i approach this like how do i how do i make this thing work you know how about you, Charlie? Was your most important? I was I was going with the the David asking Donna out too. You guys know my uh, my uh, my situation with Donna Martin here, so that's true. Yeah, that's um, true. I know. <laughs> so I, I was going that route. I mean, Brenda getting her license big because season one and all this, and she couldn't ever get it. But I went with the uh, I'm going with the David asking finally asking Donna out on a date. All right, uh, most... of a long thing to come. Most 90s look, I mean, I wanted to put the scrubs, but I don't think that's really a 90s thing. It's absurd. So I'm with uh, yeah. Bobby's denim shirt and tie at the party. It was like a very, what you would expect, like someone in the 90s that's a l- little bit older than the party he's going to to wear. <laughs> like the, mm, yeah, yeah, that was like he's dressed up, you know what I mean? But he's obviously not going to go formal. So he was like way that's over. A, that's a solid pick. Um, I ultimately went with uh, Steve's outfit at the party, which... Um, he has this uh, vest that, I mean, none of it is, is it all matches. It, it looks decent put put together, but it's uh, very of its time. And, this, and the vest in particular kind of looks like, I don't know, a quilt that your grandmother would make, maybe. Like, <laughs> just, it's it's very busy. Steve has definitely been the most 90s looking person of the show so far. Like, he's always in, like, very 90s yes. fashion. Yeah. Steve and David, right? I mean, yeah, the two of them. Like, I was gonna go with Steve, but since he said that, I'm gonna go with Jim Walsh at the mm. uh, the breakfast table with his white shirt with the blue stripes with the suspenders. <laughs> yeah, and the suspenders. One. Yeah. Yep. That was very '90s business Wall Street businessman look for sure. Yes. Yes. All right. Most '90s moment. Um, I don't know if there was one that super jumped out. I just went with a, a more non-wheelchair-friendly world. You know, I'm not saying every house. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not set up here yeah. at all, as Charlie could tell you. Uh, someone, <laughs> someone that could have walked into my either. house, but uh, and I, as I did when I was on crutches for freaking three months, right? So I mean, um, but it just feels like the world is is a little bit more handicap accessible, most likely these days than it was in the '90s, where it was like not at all. You know, this poor guy in a wheelchair in 1991 could not have been easy. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, there's yep. not like any one moment in particular. They they do sort of address it at different stages throughout the episode. It's kind of kind of crazy and hard to believe that we're in 1991, fall of 1991, just really a year removed from the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of places are still pretty ill-equipped. I feel like. Um, to accommodate people, uh, on a somewhat lighter note, I 
similar to you, uh, JT. I, I have the um, the classic. Oh, this character is Asian um, music. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's so bad. It's, I mean, it's really bad. But every, I mean, every show did this, right? It was just. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's one of those like you just you know it when you hear it <laughs> yeah that was very very 90s that was 90s uh did you have one charlie no i i like yours i i, I that was there wasn't there wasn't much going on in this episode uh, but both of yours were, were perfect okay uh best lesson learned i, I guess i don't know i, I kind of took it from the kelly point of view on this one don't assume everyone pities you uh, to Bobby, right? Like he maybe could have mm-hmm. had something with Kelly if he just played a little bit cool and didn't let his past experience and emotions overwhelm him and, and kind of run her off. Um, you know, even at the end, I was kind of glad that Kelly kind of gave it to him in that scene. She was like, mm-hmm. you know, cause it would have been easy for her to come in and kind of take the blame. Um, so she didn't offend, but she treated Bobby just like another guy, right? She was just like, listen, you were an asshole last night. And why? instead of kind of yeah. treating him differently, right? It was kind of the point of the episode is that all along Kelly was just treating him like a dude and everyone else were the ones worried that she was going to offend him and taking extra consideration. And she was treating him the most, just, just like a guy. And in the end, she was the one that probably treated him the closest to what he wanted to be treated like. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he was pursuing her as, as hard as she mm-hmm. was him, if not more so. Right. Oh, so, definitely more. Yeah. He, I mean, and she's right. He does lay all these expectations on her when they've had one just pseudo date. And, and it was like a group charades game. And then and yeah. it's a group. Yeah, it's, just, it's all in group settings. Right. And she her faux pas really is. Yes, that she. Yeah, she ditches him to go out on the dance floor with this guy. Shouldn't have done that. Sort of treats him as a prof by leaving him with her purse and whatnot. That's not cool. But at the same time, she's very much treating him as just anyone else. And Mm -hmm. that's what he claims he wants. And when she does it, she gets shit on for it. So it's like, mm, you know, take your pick, right? Um, So, yeah, it's it's a little bit, I I would agree, that was my takeaway also. then also on Brandon to sign, this is a little bit me just shitting on Brandon. Um, don't make someone else's, uh, disability or circumstances about yourself, which right, he, right. he starts he, to do. He's, he tried that, to. Yeah. And then he, he backs off and, and Bobby kind of shuts him down, but he starts to do that thing that he does a lot of times. Um, but at least this one doesn't, he doesn't get very far with it. And I thought, like like he said, with Kelly, it, it, besides the going to dance, if she didn't go dance with that other guy, she handled this perfectly. Right, right. This whole situation, everything with him, she she was perfect on it. And that that one little thing put a little notch in it, but I'm I'm willing to look by that. And 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 I thought she she was she couldn't have been any better with this kid with yep. Bobby. All right, best hookup. I, I went Bobby and Kelly. It's kind of the only real one that we oh, had. Of course. This, yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, best quote, my two favorite were the ones we've already covered. It was, hey, yo, Bobster for Brandon. And then uh, it's a smirk he gives to as he says it. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, yo, Bobster. Mm. And then uh, nice work, Kel, from Steve. <laughs> just, you only have like 
you know, a couple lines this whole episode, but that was like classic Steve. Just any chance to take a shit on Kelly in front of everyone else will do it. Um, even if he doesn't know the story or has any reason to do it. He doesn't. Mine write. wasn't a mine wasn't a quote. It was just a pan out of when when Bobby and Kelly were kissing on the couch and they pan out and just Brenda is just, <laughs> yeah. just see her looking. Yeah. Seething on the stairs. Yeah. Knowing what's happening with, with those two. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I can't really add to those. Not not really a quote, strong quote, heavy episodes. I, I, I will not add to uh, what's been mentioned. Uh, all right. Final grade. Again, I like this one quite a bit. I think it told a good story. It was a nice little break after the heavy last episode. Um, that said, I don't I don't think, you know, it's anything that meant anything. It. it it was more than the Ash episode, right? Because we actually had other characters, the different stuff. Um, mm. But it's one where, for sure, if you skip, you're not really missing much besides maybe, you know, Donna, uh, David asking Donna out. But they don't even go out. So, like, you'll probably get that anyway. Yeah. In episode. Uh-huh. yeah. And maybe a little bit of Brandon Andrea. Maybe a little bit of Brandon and Andrea tension, I guess, than Emily. Mm. Reestablishing Emily, yeah. But there wasn't much else in the mix. Uh, so I ended up going seven out of 10 because I think it was a good episode. Just it didn't, it's one of the grand scheme of things that need to exist, but I think it was better than like the average grade we give to those, like the ashes. We gave a five, you know, like I think it was better than that. Cause it was actually, yeah, I was pretty was punishing on that one. <laughs> um, I'm going to go, I'm going to give it a, a cowardly six and a half. Um, <laughs> just because I'm, I'm not quite, I can't push myself to give it as high as a seven, but but I I don't think it's as low as like a six either. It's it's inconsequential. But for this type of episode, it's I mean it's done well. So we're we're gonna see more of this sort of thing, not very frequently, but just throughout the show. And we just have to brace ourselves and and be used to that. But um, yeah, that's I mean it's perfectly fine. I'm not on here all the time like you guys, and I was I was going with a six myself. I was just going okay. straight six. Gotcha. All right, let's get to our trackers here um, before we wrap things up. So for characters, I had the driving instructor. I had cousin Bobby Walsh. We had Shane the horse. We had Spitfire the horse, and then Tal Tal Weaver. Tal Weaver. Anyone I miss in there? Mm, don't think so. No, no. All right. Uh, relationships. We had Brandon and Bobby, Brenda and Bobby, Kelly and Bobby, and then Tal and Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Places and things. I'm with the Beverly Hills DMV. I didn't catch the actual name. I think it was Beverly Hills, but um, Beverly Hills Safety Town. Safety. The, it was Safety Town. Is that what it said? Uh, no, I don't know. I'm just calling it that because that's what those things are often. Called. It sounded like it. Uh, the ranch again. We didn't get a name for the ranch, but sure. uh, and then the Weaver home, uh, Tal's house. Tal's house, which we may have seen before. I feel like that may have been a stand-in for like. Donna's house. Remember Donna threw that party real randomly early. Right. I think it was the brand where Brandon gets drunk episode. The way they had to go um, up, it looked like that house that that when Steve and David met. I it, I think it was in the first season when they had to go up that. I mean, yeah, yeah, that did look um, like that with those that stairs coming up. Yeah. So I, I'm sure we've seen this um, this setting before for this staging. For, for something right. else. But in this case, it's Tal Weaver's place. Tal's, uh, how did you get up the stairs? was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
It's almost like he designed them for someone not to be able to get up them in a wheelchair. Like, how, how did you? Yeah. Like, how'd you get up those stairs? We're mm. supposed to get up here. It's not possible in your state. Um, so yeah, that that was funny. But uh, all right. And the songs in this one, we had uh, Romantic by Karen White when David asked out Donna. He's Got It Going On by Icy Blue while Kelly was dancing with Tal. And then Crazy by Seal was playing at the party when Bobby gets mad at Kelly. Mm. All right, let's do our character rankings. Uh, We had six no-shows. We had Mel, Jackie, Henry, Scott, Iris, and uh, Nat. So those are the six we didn't see. So they'll get zeros for this episode. Uh, I had David next at the bottom. I thought he really just had that one scene and didn't do anything else. Yep. I don't see why he'd go any higher. Yep. Um, and then I had Emily next after that. <clears throat> or, or I don't know. I guess her and Andrea are close. I, I don't know. What do you think between the two? Um, Andrea made me laugh more. <laughs> true. What they were to her. I'd probably go Emily than Andrea, I think. Yeah, let's do Andrea a, con- a kindness here and... <laughs> We'll throw our boldness. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. So David Emily on. No one else did her a kindness in this episode. <laughs> no. 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 Well, actually, you know what? Should Dylan be below them? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because all he does is help. He's there at the uh, at the um the when she got her license and just kind of nodded his head. Yeah, he has like no line. He's in a lot of scenes, but he has like no lines. Um, my favorite part of him was him and Steve arguing at basketball. Yeah, that's pro- about the extent of it. So that you know what? It's fine. Yeah, just yeah. shove him below yeah. them. Yeah. Do so you want to put him below Andre and Emily? Yes. Above David, though? Yeah, he's fine with David. it. Yeah, above David, but yeah, below the, the ladies. All right, so then I think we probably got Cindy, Jim, Donna as like the next batch. Mm. Probably Donna at the bottom of that pack or steve we got steve too steve 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 on the bottom yeah some, i think i put some steve above jim and cindy though you think because he had that line was really good he was really funny way to go kel yeah like jim and cindy didn't do a lot they were just and he's got a shirtless there. basketball scene so there's that <laughs> i think i would go andrea then jim then cindy then steve i think I'm fine with it. Yeah. It it sort of splits the difference in some ways. I'm I'm comfortable with that. And that leaves us with Donna, Brandon and Brenda, Kelly. I think Kelly's at the top for me for this one. Yeah. Oh no, oh, Brandon. Yeah. I think Brandon for the crying. Brandon. I was going with Brandon. Well yeah, but I mean Kelly kind yeah, of Kelly. Yeah. hmm So I'd go Brandon number one, Kelly two, and then and then Brenda, then Donna. Brenda, uh-huh. and then yes, Donna. I guess yes. That's a big number for Donna, right there. Is that un good? Is that unreasonably high for Donna? What does she really do in this episode? Let's think. She she gets asked out by David. She kind of tries to make mm-hmm. it work. It doesn't. She has a few kind of decent one-liners. She's shitting on Kelly for not very being able to drive. Um. She's kind of in every scene that the gang is in, even if she doesn't have lines. Yeah, I guess she's kind of, yeah, she's kind of sneaky, a sneaky strong presence here. I'm, I guess I'm okay. I mean, with I that. could see maybe 
putting Steve, Cindy, or Jim ahead? I don't know. They're all kind of the same. No, I, I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. see that. Um, you have Brenda, Brandon, Brenda, and I mean Bobby. But besides that, every right, everyone right. else kind of float the same area. Those are the two, right. the three top people in this episode, and Kelly. Obviously. All right, Kelly. so we're going to leave Donna then where she is. Yep, I just had to walk. I had to walk myself through it a little bit. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, talking, I, I don't I'm think talking Donna up over here, guys. No, it's fine. I mean, it's um, it's just surprising when whenever we see her land sort of high on these lists, we're no. still not used to it yet. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. get there. We're just not used to it yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she really hasn't. You know. No. No. Okay. Um, Tim, what do we got going on elsewhere around our podcast universe? Uh, well, uh, we are, of course, uh, the 9021 No So podcast. So if you like what you're hearing, I would strongly encourage you to subscribe if you're not already. Um, you can also write us a review, if you will, on iTunes. If you're if you're hearing this, if you're preferred. Uh, Podcatcher happens to be iTunes. Uh, slide us a review. That that's a nice little non-monetary way to boost our rankings on the old iTunes. So we would certainly appreciate any uh, feedback you'd like to give us there. Um, you can also write into the show. We have an email address. It's 9021noso at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Ask us some questions. We'll probably do a mailbag episode as I keep threatening. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it someday, right? Uh, 902 and Noso is, of course, a spinoff of the North-South Connection podcast network. So if you're interested in more cool pop culture content, especially around the world of professional wrestling, uh, do look for uh, the North-South Connection. Again, on any podcatcher device that you'd prefer to listen on. Um, and YouTube. And a bevy of great shows there. Yep. Also, uh, newly debuted on YouTube as well. So, if uh, if you don't want to listen to a podcast, hop on YouTube, look up North South Connection, find some great audio visual content as well. Look at that. So, if you want to see particularly what JT looks like <laughs> and all the other <laughs> great guests and hosts of shows on North South Connection, uh, find us on YouTube. A lot of fun. Um, Beyond that, you can check me out on Twitter. I am at Psyche68, C-Y-K-E-6-8, and I'll try to be more active in the new year. Um, no promises, but I, I, you know, would like to do more with Twitter. Just, I mean, the fact that it still exists is maybe a minor miracle. So you <laughs> maybe that's true. Maybe I'll I'll try to enjoy it. Well, we'll see. Um. JT, anything you would like to direct the folks to? No, you crushed it, my friend, as always, um, and just in time as my ranking uh, calculations have been completed. So Perfect. for season two only, here we go. <clears throat> Last place is Mel Silver with 12 points, Scott Scanlon with 13, Iris McKay with 16, Jackie Taylor with 18, Emily Valentine up to 27, Nat Basuccio at 32, Henry Thomas at 47, holding steady at the bottom bunch here at the top of that. Mm. We jump up to Donna Martin at 84, David Silver at 86, Andre Zuckerman at 87, so they're kind of bunched now. 
Kelly Taylor's at 92. She kind of broke away from that pack. Steve Sanders at 97. Cindy Walsh at 106. Jim Walsh at 112. Dylan McKay at 131. Brenda at 137. And Brandon Walsh pacing the way at 149. So he's kind of picking up where he left off last season uh, with some dominant wins here. Yeah. Uh, all time, <clears throat> we have Mel Silver in last place with 12, Iris with 16, Emily at 25, Jackie at 31, Henry at 47, Scott Scanlon at 77, Napasuccio at 82, Donna at 165, she's kind of in her own world, David at mm. 213, Andrea at 230, Kelly Taylor at 261, Jim Walsh at 270, Cindy Walsh at 273, Steve Sanders is at 278. Dylan is at 291, Brenda at 380, and Brandon at 390. So that is our all-time. And as we talked about previously, Tim, I think at some point either here in season two or as we move along, we're going to break out the part-timers and the full-timers and do their own little list. We just haven't had a chance to do it. Yeah, the recurring cast might uh, might need their own tier, we feel like. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe the season three we'll do it or something. Yeah, right. Um, the the overall rankings not too terribly different from our our season two only rankings. I think our only big uh, big deviation there is you know Steve overall um, doing a lot better than he has been in just season two by itself. So we'll see if um, see if he can pick it up a little as the season continues. All right. Charlie, thanks for joining us. I'm sure you'll be back soon. <clears throat> no Can't doubt. wait. Can't wait, boys. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back in three weeks, Tim, <clears throat> with another great episode. Hopefully everyone's enjoying this. Please share it. Please send it around. Uh, always trying to build up our listenership. As always, so be, be uh, sure to spread the word. We'd much appreciate it. Until then, have a little dim sum, a little dent sum. But we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. No, we're never gonna survive